Welcome to the Victory Multisport Podcast. This is Coach Sarge, and I'm with Coach Scott. Hey there. Coach Kenny. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Well, everybody, thank you for listening again to another episode. And uh, in this episode, we wanted to take a take some time to unpack the last couple of months of what we would say small victories leading into bigger victories. That's really the the topic, right, Kenny? Oh man. I, I swear ever since team camp, it, it literally, we've been moving so fast. I, I feel like Nelly's doing a VO two max test on me every day because <laughs> athletes are racing, athletes are training. There's tons of positivity. There's some downswings of like, I had a bad workout, but look at the big picture, but it it's moving in such a very, very fast and furious pace. I mean, unbelievable performances too. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, we have a ton going on and everybody is really into it right now. It's a lot of fun. There's uh, there's so many things. Uh, we, one, went from camp right into a few races, like three stacked right after each other here in July. Um, we're about to do another set here next weekend with uh, Ohio and Placid at the same day, on the same day. Um, but in addition to that, we're catching uh, attention from other athletes saying they saw the tent at happy valley and they've been following us and they want more information so it's been very very exciting to see the you know the buzz around victory multi-sport the athletes the training and the performances that we've actually seen so it's it's been very 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 promising so. yeah honest to god i think the buzz honestly is is the athlete you know the their attention to detail 90% of the time, 95% of the time, and their willingness to, to lay it out there and, and take a shot at something that they're not sure of the outcome is, is what puts this buzz out there. And it's, it's, a, it's a loud one. Yeah, you're going to hear me use the word grateful a lot today. And one thing that I was really grateful for at Penn State was not just the athletes, but our athletes that weren't racing that showed up in support of others. I, I can't tell you how many... Uh, non-victory athletes that were in the race came up to me and made comments about the the team environment, how much support we have out there, like, and how we supported other athletes that weren't even victory athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was fantastic. Oh yeah, we got a high five on on the run from someone we fixed, helped them fix their bike the day before before they turned it in because we had awesome. The, we had the bike shop set up in the parking lot, so that that was really awesome. I think one of the the big aha moments or, you know, just the very impactful moments on me were seeing many of the, um, I'll call them first timers, but there's, you know, first time in open water, first time in a bigger venue race, first time Ironman uh, branded uh, thing going on in Happy Valley. And so many of them that had that, you know, you could see it in their eyes, a little bit of a thousand yard stare the day before the days leading up, the concern, the worry, you know, just the fear of the unknown they they logically understood the distance they had ridden their training but they have not raced and they had not raced that course first inaugural time to run this uh, particular race but to see them come through that and i know there's some very detailed stories we want to tell about some of the athletes that um, came through those adversities or the imagined adversities the uh challenges in their mind mostly um to really break through that and to come out victorious on the other side yeah it, it, it was funny because you were racing and sarge and i had a real funny moment we got stuck in that dang parking lot for like two hours <laughs> while you were probably 30 miles into your bike i think sipple had finished he was we literally got to our tent and it was like 12.8 of his run and it was because we were stuck wow yeah there was that was the only downside of penn state is that parking from a spectator perspective yeah but when he had said about having his bike you know we had the tent up and the, we had the white power van out there or the power truck and we were walking out and um you guys were just starting and i said to him i'm like there's an astro van <laughs> that was had one of those lift kits on it and it had big wheels right and i go why don't we buy that and we'll make that sarge's bike via and he's like <laughs> I don't know that I would use that, Ken. I'm not. I'm not going to use that thing. That's like you know, it's kind of like denim shorts. I would not yeah. own yeah. that van. I wouldn't own denim shorts either. So, <laughs> but, I, we, but of course, I have a picture of it. I took it and I made him put the victory logo on the side of it, <laughs> and I'm sending it to certain athletes. Hey, we bought this this weekend. It's going to be in Ohio. What do you think? And Tans is like, I don't want nothing to do yeah. with it. <laughs> Bloom said he wants to ride in the front of it, though. Oh yeah, I bet he does. Right on top of it. Oh my gosh. 
just like at the Indy 500 or something, right? So it was exciting, though. It was really exciting, other than the hour and a half of sitting in the van in traffic trying to get out of that park to get back to transition to. Um, but we, we made it back. We, we had our, our plan together. So it it worked out really, really well. Yeah. And the team camp, I think really is set up in a real nice position with it being that, that early phase of June Mm -hmm. and, and it allows them to come in and relax a little bit. All their friends are there, all their teammates, they can start putting names and faces and then going to work together and, and saving part of the race season. Timmy's going to have a great Ohio oh, yeah. because he got into the water. He rode down that downhill every day during that. He got better. And um, that was just set up perfectly because I think a lot of people had great races in, in uh, Penn State, Musselman, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were all part of that journey of. Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to go to Matty Moe on Seth Friday and get in that water. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I got to ride with the team. Hmm. Some of that stuff's intimidating, but they just kept showing up. And I think that's the, that's such a desirable trait for them. Yeah. The more we're together, I'm, I'm seeing that people are relaxed a little bit more. Like everybody has that, you know, the thousand yard stare that mm-hmm. you mentioned that anxiety pre-race, but the more opportunities that we have to be together, the more we're going to races together People just seem to, you know, once we're we're there, there's a little bit of relaxing, a little bit of, okay, we've all done this. We've done it together. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think we also see where the other athletes, whether they're spectating or they're racing alongside or training alongside, like at race camp, helping each other. You know, we had several leaders on that group bike ride during race camp that helped the slow group, the medium speed group, the fast group, they didn't just take off on everybody. So, um, having that level of leadership within the athlete pool helps everybody feel more comfortable, Great point. helps yep. them like lean in even harder and feel, feel good that, you know, it's going to be okay. I still don't know what it's going to feel like, and I don't know what it's going to actually look like till I do it, but it's going to be okay mm-hmm. because I have all these people around me that either have done it, will be doing it with me, or will be there when I finish um, and, and need, <laughs> my, need to carry my stuff back to the car because I can't walk. Hey, that's cool, too. We'll do that as yeah. well. I, I, I don't really think about it all that much, but now that you said it, I'm like really thinking about that. When I used to play baseball in college or even in, you know, high level, uh, Eagle County or whatnot, I loved it when my friends showed up that I didn't know were coming. And all of a sudden I'm walking out on the hitting circle and they're yelling my name and I look and I'm like, wow, holy smokes. I remember my, my second Ironman in, uh, Lake Placid when I had done a 12 hour and some change. And all of a sudden I see a um, all these fat heads in the crowd and I, I'm like, it blew me away. Fat heads of people I train with saying things to me. And I guess that support is so cool. And you know, the iron dads came out, all the females had the iron dad shirts with right. cut off sleeves. You know, they were vow was doing vow stuff. I mean, it's extraordinary. Watching Val's her, aid station yeah. is open for business, watching her fire up peanut butter and jelly with bananas on them, giving them to anybody. Advil was going out on the course to, to athletes that were in pain. And, um, I think we'll always be known for that, but I guess I don't feel when you're in the arena the, to look around for a second and acknowledge the fact that there are so many people that are just showing up six, seven hours away, three hours away just to support you. I think and, that's pretty cool. And it is the unexpected stuff too. Like the iron dads, which I know is supposed to be iron daddies <laughs> at that. I, I remember seeing that. And at that moment, like I had so many things running through my head and I felt I, I was you know, watching my heart rate and it was going up and my paces were coming down and the panic was starting to settle in. And I was like, oh man, like you could just feel like, like like that high pitch frequency in your head where you think, oh no, I'm going to pop. And then I run by and I see iron dads and I was like, that's kind of funny. And everything just kind of brought back down. It was like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And I think even uh, people like uh, Sippel and Leek talked about Normally, they don't see anything when they're running. They mm-hmm. just, they're so tunnel vision. They're just focused on the, sh- the road ahead of them and that little piece. But having the tent, having the, uh, the people yeah in them right in their face, like out on the course, like coming off the curb and coming out and almost tackling them while they're trying to run past, really, you know, help, help break up that uh, the monotony. Didn't, didn't, dis- didn't derail their race, but help them, you know, feel better for the next 
whatever it is, five steps or 50 steps. It doesn't matter. It, it helps uh, elevate everybody when that happens. And yeah. And, and I do appreciate, sorry, sorry, Jimmy, okay. to cut you off. I do appreciate also the amount of effort and time specifically sergeant kenny that you guys put into the logistics of everything like the tent position was in the right spot right so <laughs> i we just got, get in his way <laughs> so so i got you get to run by it like three or four times and you need it and it's in a crucial part of the race you know it's at the beginning so you get a little bit of a, a kick it was in the middle coming by when you're starting to really feel stuff and then you get it again like that was fantastic same thing, like leading up to the race, like, you know, so the day before we were all able to put our bikes, check our bikes in together. We were in a great spot for a practice swim. Mm -hmm. Very, again, together, very relaxed. Like I, I just felt like the amount of time and effort that went into putting all of that together really paid off. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I take great pride in, in being able to organize things that way. I, I even said it on a, on a call this week we had with our, uh, our uh, 70.3 world championship qualifiers that are going to go to Lati, uh, Finland, um, you know, let Sarge do what he does best, which is make sure that you have everything you need to go race and be at the right place at the right time. So just follow the plan, be on time and, and everything else is up to you out there on the course, but we'll take care of all the rest of that. We even had Mike and Ike's and Twizzlers and some chow. I'm all right with that stuff. He just tells, get out of the way, get, get you get the tent and we walk over here. He's like, can I video you while you're putting the tent up? I'm like, you could help me put the tent up. <laughs> I, was trying to get, I try to do anything to not do manual labor. He's like, where's the, where's the lock? Jeff Anderchak had to go to Walmart and buy us a lock. Yeah. He's like, what do you think? Should we, should we chain it to the sign? I'm like, we'll do it to the tree. He's like, what, to a branch so somebody can just break the branch? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, had it, we had it all put together. And, and we're going to be that same way in Placid, not necessarily with a tent because it's a smaller contingent, but uh, we'll definitely be on the course and, uh, yeah, and people up the bears with Kenny being there on person, coaching on site in uh, Lake Placid. Uh, I'll be in Ohio watching Coach Scott race again uh, this season along with the other 16 or 17 athletes that are in that race. And we'll have our tent out there. I'll have my my little flashing trucks all ready on the to top go. Of the truck. Yeah. I might even have like some some bright shiny tape on it to make it look even more official. So it's awesome. There we go. The Iron Man vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the unofficial Iron Man vehicle of Victory Multisport. Yeah, it was it was really awesome um, getting to see the whole thing go down. And I, I think the thing that is so cool as a coach and, and we're kind of like we can see the performance and we kind of have an idea of what the performance is going to look like. But but sometimes the performance that I look at, it's like, yeah, it's great. But I love the little things that I get behind the scenes. You know, Jared just had one yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, and the text that you and I got about my family, my saviors, like that's a dude that, that just could barely run. Right. I mean, when he came, he was running 5k was his goal. Then you got him to 10k, then 10k turned to 13 one. And then he's like, I might try to swim. And I love the dude. He is such a unique individual. He sends me things like Clydesdales for life with him <laughs> in his tri suit, oh, yeah. big man moving on the bike. And there's going to be such good things happening for that guy, but it's those little things that we get to see over and over um, that keep bringing me back, that keep wanting me to push in further because the transformation that somebody gets off the field is way oh, yeah. more than what they get on the field. You know, and I give him a lot of credit too because he really embraces the process, right? So, and you're right, a year ago, his goal was a 5K and I, I think, even that at the time mentally for him was probably a stretch and and you're right everything evolved we we just kept building the blocks uh stacking you know victories on top of one another and we were able to get to the point now where you know he did his first sprint try and and he and I had the conversation physically he is more capable of that sprint try but because he hadn't done one we talked it through and we were like look this is a great experience like Let's get you out there. Let's get you in an open water swim start. Let's go through that. Let's go through transition. Let's get you out on the road in a race setting with other cyclists. Like, yeah. like let's just go through that and and then we'll we'll compare notes after and then we'll tee up whatever the next race is. And he was totally on board with all of that. The the other piece where I'm very, very proud of him was, and and we all experienced this, and I think we're gonna touch on this, is 
the unexpected, dealing with the unexpected. And so he and I were, we, we chatted last weekend. We went together, you know, we went t- together through his plan. We, mm-hmm. we talked about his checklist, what he needed to bring, how his transition is going to look. And then the next step of that was I, I wanted him to call me when he got to the race site. And so he did. And he was like, um, I didn't really get to do a lot of my practice swim today. And I was like, well, why? And he was like, dude, there are jellyfish everywhere. <laughs> And, and so then we talked about it and it turned out that the race had provided an option for people to not swim. Okay. So they could, they could do, literally just do a duathlon. And, and so I, I asked him, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I, no fault if you don't want to swim, I get it. And he was like, no, I think I want to swim. And the minute he made that decision, then it was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Right. You're going to get a blocker. We're, we're going to get, we're going to, you know, make sure when you go in, that you, you go in behind somebody, mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, we try and cover you up as much, much as possible. Make sure you're aware of where people are in case you get into a little bit of trouble and you do need some assistance. But we talked through all that stuff and he was totally on board with it and went out there and crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. And I couldn't be more happy. It's great. It's funny because he, his, I, I do most of the social media stuff and mm-hmm. he had one video one time when he just was finishing his 5K. And, and Jared had those big headphones on, kind of like ours. And he, nothing was abnormal about the video. Okay, I posted on a Saturday night. His wife's cheering for him. I think he calls her Mrs. Soul Crusher. You know, she, she, um, she's cheering for him. Way to go, Jared. And about 10 o'clock at night, I get a text from Scotty. And he's like, hey, is our Instagram getting hacked? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> there was all kind of like crazy likes on it. It, it was like the video had like 440,000 views of him, of him finishing his 5K. And I have no clue what, what different was, but it was funny because it was it was Jared just grinding, man. It's great. Oh, yeah. I actually logged out of the account and then waited for all of the dust to settle and then went back in. <laughs> he did. It was absolutely crazy. I had to mute your notifications That's right. for a while. That's so. right. He goes, hey, when, you, when I hear gingerbread man from you, I'll just get back into That's Instagram. Right. That's right. <laughs> when you hear the code word. So, Scott, you talked about um, the Jared, you know, being concerned about the swim and, you know, that type of thing. And I think that's that's a common theme with a lot of our, you know, newer or up and coming athletes. I, I even remember my very first open water triathlon. My very first one was in a pool, but my first open water one was up in Edinburgh. I ran into a kayak. I hit my head on a boat. Um, it was dark. It looked like it was going to storm. I thought, Oh, this is like Armageddon. Like I'm getting in this water during Armageddon, but, uh, Kenny and I finished it. I mean, I finished it. Kenny had a flat. He went and ran a a 10 K anyhow that day. But, um, it just brings me back to those moments when you don't know what you don't know. You're trying it for the first time. You're sucking it up, whatever that is, whether it's emotion or your, you know, brain telling you to stop or not do this. You know, that kind of uh, hypothalamus uh, kind of kicking in at fight or flight, but you get past it. And I think we had a couple more of those this past couple of weeks, uh, especially in the water, not necessarily as a, a first timer, but there were some athletes out there that said, you know, my, my goals are, or uh, there's only three outcomes that can possibly happen. I could get pulled, I could drown and, or I can, you know, and they weren't all good. Um, you want to talk more about that, Kenny? Because I, I don't want to mention the person, but it's uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's still a, a story that is good for everyone to listen to and, and hear how they came through it because they were very successful in that race in Happy Valley. And, and honestly, it was it was at the team camp when we uh, that individual had come into the water on on Sunday, and everyone was saying, "Coach, you forgot somebody in our race." Because remember how we had raced them, mm-hmm. and and I said, uh, "He's not racing today." And because I knew if we put him in a race, he's going to just heart rate's going to elevate. And so he was just swimming in the background. And then I was at Ian's uh, lacrosse uh, tournament that evening and I got a text and it was four things. It said, uh, coach, I think I went into a buzzsaw today. I'm either going to a drowned B they're going to pull me because they think I'm drowning. C I'm going to proverbially proverbially. Yeah. Exactly. Say it. Proverbially. Okay, there it is. Throw in the towel or I'm going to time out. And then he said, I will be okay with any of those outcomes knowing that I went the distance or tried to go. And and so the the thing that was so good about that is we caught that early on. Mm-hmm. 
really early on. And we were able to then make the quick adjustments. So that was a Sunday. Monday, he went to open water up in Moraine uh, with Get Fit Families. And um, the, the thing that was nice there is we have such a loving team. And I knew who was going to be swimming there. They were some of our iron dads. Um, and Grace um, gave, gave this gentleman uh, a swim buoy. And he said to me, he goes, that really turned my night around because somebody cared for me. Somebody looked out for me. I didn't even really need to use it, but I didn't really go far out with the deep. Right. And so then we brought him four straight weeks to Sipples Pond mm-hmm. and Alice came and, and Leek would come and, and whoever was there, you know, would just go near him. And we just told him, we kept saying 45 minutes straight, an hour straight, just swim. And we're going to keep moving you, bumping you. And um, I think that's the, the, the great thing was um, his wife was there and she had this big sign that had swim, bike, run with boxes to check off as he finished them. And that is the other unique thing because we as athletes, as we get into the water, we don't know what the emotions of the significant others are or the friends. And as a coach, I got to watch 27 people go into the water, 27 come out, and I really didn't think anything more or less outside of, there's Scott, go get it, have a great day. There's Sarge, go get it, have a great day. One by one, after each one of the significant others saw their their mate, it was a, oh, that that relief mm-hmm. oh yeah because they know what's in it they mm-hmm. know what's at stake they know the fears that's on, that's there and um you know so I, I i now understand that from that that side of that that i never really saw and it's as we coach them it's that type of stuff but um that individual came out of the water 51 minutes i know 51 awesome. minutes awesome and, and, and that I, is awesome and i couldn't have been prouder and i got a text a few days later you know and it was legitimately um, now that I've got this, think about this, this was the greatest decision. Not only did you save my life, you know, you saved my race and you helped me become an Ironman. And, mm-hmm. and there's so much more there. The family was all around them. You know, his son got to see him do it. His, uh, one of the guys, kids, he coaches his wife. I mean, it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it's those things that you signed me up as a coach for all day. And I love it. I'll yeah. tell you, I love the the story or the mindset of the acceptable outcomes mm-hmm. that, that it can range across an entire spectrum because it's a great reminder. What we do is hard. Like th- this is hard. And, and when you get into those race settings, some of the things that make it difficult are, and, and put potentially the anxiety on, on loved ones and others around you is that they've watched you put all of this time and energy and effort and everything you've invested in this. And they so badly, as well as yourself, want this to come together at the exact right moment. (laughs) And man, it is awesome when it does, but, but there are times when it doesn't as well. I, you know, I'm a lifelong runner. I DNF'd my first marathon. I made it to mile 18 and I pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. I've DNF'd uh, triathlons. I got kicked in the face once and broke my it broke my goggles and was bleeding from the nose and was out in the middle of the water. And I thought, well, I don't know what to do here. I'm a little dazed. I pulled the plug. It happens. It's okay. The, the one thing that I always pulled from those situations was that I came back more focused. I came back with this desire to almost double down and get revenge on whatever went sideways for me before. Mm-hmm. I didn't use it as an opportunity to, to step away, but I, I did look at it as a healthy reminder that what we do is, it, it is hard, it is difficult, and you do have to put in the time and the energy and the prep, and then you just go out and you try your best, and sometimes, however it lands, it lands. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we've had a couple instances in the water where, um, you know, and, and it's great because one of the gentlemen had timed out one of the athletes. And what was great about that is the the attitude that that person has taken. That's just a start. Awesome. That's just the start of his journey. That's right. That is his catapult. Mm-hmm. And when he does that race again next year. It's over. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's like when Matty Moe taped his shoe and like when he was trying to make Kona and he said, That's you right. know what? I'm coming back and I'm hammering that course. Yeah. Double down. And 
I think that the reason I bring up about the gentleman timing out was he doesn't know that that he walked through that, but that might have helped 10 of our athletes sharing his story. Cause in, in this little square called Instagram, you know, a lot of people just show the greatest things in their, that's happening in their, in their life. They're not showing the, the crappy workout or the terrible run or the heart rate that was 200 and they couldn't mm-hmm. stop, you know, like they're not showing that they're just showing, Oh, I took second age group. They're not showing that I, I failed in the water. I timed out and yes, I finished it, but I timed out, but that just helped maybe Chris walk in in Ohio and maybe Tyler Bernard walk in in Madison and maybe Tanza go in a little bit. Nothing is given. We have to work hard and we have to stay in our lane and and give it our best effort and go. I was talking with a friend recently that was considering, and I think she is going to pursue a 140.6 and was just asking, she was asking about like, what's the training like, like, and not even the physical side, but the mental side. And I said, look, you know, I, for every Ironman, full Ironman that I've trained for, I have a workout where I'll I'll go ride 100 and I'll run 10 miles and I'll lay down in my front yard and put my head in my hands and think, oh my God, how am I ever going to do 140.6? <laughs> you know, my ass is thoroughly kicked right now. Like That's what right. is going on? And and more often than not, it's it's Tracy that reminds me. She's like, look, calm down. It's part of the process. I've watched you do this before. Mm-hmm. Just stick with it. Everything will come together. And and it does, but but it's tough. And you're right. There's a lot of those moments where they're private moments where you have to reconcile with yourself. Boy, that was hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I'm gonna make the decision to push through. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind, you know, as we talk to a wider audience on the podcast and in our in our pool of athletes that and friends that are around victory is that, you know, not everybody's goal is exactly the same, right? If you, if you go on the Ironman website and you read the Ironman posts and their race, yeah. Okay. It's to finish and it's to get an age group or it's to get a qualification for something else. Yes. In due time at the right moment in your cycle, in the right moment of your life, in the right moment. I mean, heck my, my cycle right now is I'm going to try to be as durable as possible. So in that 70 to 75 range, I'm going to Kona, right? So when I get to that, be that old and I can still race, then I'm, I'm in my age group and I'm winning it, right? You know, I'm getting that roll down, but everybody's goals are different. Some people's goals. I mean, my, my goal, my very first 140.6 was don't drown, get out of the water. Make it around the course and get out of the water. First goal. Second goal, get on the bike. Don't crash. Come off the bike. Third goal, go run a marathon. Come back. Get your medal. So stacking goals, micro goals, and even a goal of I'm going to make the very best effort to run at this thing that I have never done before in my life. I've trained for it. I asked coaches to help me. I've got people around me that know more than I do about it, and they've given me advice and counsel. I've put in work and I'm going to go at it. So, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to go at it again and I'm going to go at it again. So great point. And, and so you remind me of something Mm -hmm. here. It's important. People realize you are not defined by the result of your race. You're not defined by the clock. You are defined by what you went through to get to that point where you are willing to put yourself out there and, mm-hmm. and be vulnerable and, and give it a shot. And, and it doesn't matter. And, and so personally speaking, my, I, I told somebody once, when you look at my 70.3 performances, the range of those is about an hour and 15 minutes difference between my mm-hmm. best and my worst. And my, my, my best isn't necessarily my best race. And, and so it's very important to understand that again, you are not defined by the numbers on the clock. You are defined based on what you endured, what what you chose to do, and how you pursued whatever that challenge or goal was, and and where you're where you land with that, where the outcome is in terms of what do you want to do mm-hmm. next. Yeah. And, and you'll be determined also by the character in which you accomplish those goals, right? If you are there 
um, helping other people, if you are there to improve yourself, if you're there to show your children that, that anything's possible, um, as, as how Kenny and I started with this uh, sport, if you're there and, and you, you take a minute to help somebody fix their bike on a tire that they look like they might need help and you, you cost yourself five or six minutes, um, and you still finish, you get your medal and you know, you're there, you're in the moment, the character of your racing and the character of your training and the character of being involved in triathlon carries through to your home life, to your family life, to your business life, your work life outside of just the sport and just the training and just the, the name on the leaderboard or the PR or whatever that is. So excellent excellent point yeah even the even hayden had a hard day you know he's Mm -hmm. he's and i couldn't be prouder that he's a coach for us because um there could have been all kind of reasons for him to quit i mean he had a really bad bike rack rack Mm -hmm. really bad his whole right side was jammed up he already had a bad hip coming in hit his head and i saw him at probably mile six at the tent and he just looked dazed yep you know, and I ran a little bit with him, understood he was in an accident, but he didn't make it an excuse. He said, I, I, I want this. And it, Penn State is his dream. That's his school. He always, we ours me and I'm a hail to pit guy. And he always reminds me and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, he's going through it right now. So I, I ran the last maybe half mile with him, you know, and it was, it was crazy because I, th- I think what had happened was when he had wrecked his, his, he hit pretty hard, his watch sent an emergency signal to his wife and mm-hmm. she's trying to contact his mom and dad about what happened. He's out there just trying to race. I mean, there's all kind of stuff going on and, uh, he's a warrior. I mean, he finished, he just, oh yeah, just kept his head down and kept churning and going. And, and that's the stuff that in this race, to your point, it's, it's not a given. It's not easy. There are things that happen. It's, it's, you sign this long waiver at Ironman, you know, like this, that, and the other thing. And it was really just cool to, to see his story and to watch some of these guys emerge out of the water who weeks before it wasn't a guarantee. What yeah. wasn't a guarantee. Uh, it's uh, my story. Same thing. My, my first Ironman full was the most beautiful Lake Placid weather, 67 degrees, easy, it was my fastest full I've done in my history. Um, but the ones I talk about the most are the lightning storm, the riding the bike in the rain, the flat tire that I had to borrow stuff of, of other athletes to fix. Um, you know, just all the adversity races that we still finished. We still got through it. We, you know, had a good time. The, you know, we, and we came back and supported Murph and all the other athletes that were in our group at the time. Um, those are the ones that we talk about more and have funny stories and laugh about the chafing and laugh about the, uh, oh, yeah. you know, all oh, of yeah. that type of stuff versus, Oh, you remember that time where it was really the, the easiest time or it was the fastest time or it was, you know, we didn't have to face anything. It's always about that. It's the same thing in the military. It's about the adversity that you face in training. It's about the, the boot camp for the Marine Corps or the buds for the Navy SEALs and the people that you meet along the way and how you learned about yourself and how you learned about how to take care of each other through that process, that's going to be your lifelong story. You're never going to talk about the easy times. You're always going to talk about the tough times. Yeah, no doubt. It's good stuff. So to that, um, two plugs in the middle of this podcast. One is for um, any Victory athletes, Victory ambassadors that are, are with us. We have a, a webinar series coming up from Coach Lauren. She's going to be talking about mental toughness, about motivation, about how to, how to you know, train your mindset to be a better athlete and a better person through a four-part series that if you can attend in person and live, you're more than welcome to. If not, we'll record it and have it posted for our, for our athletes. Secondly, Kenny mentioned the emotions of the family. And I think we have something coming up in the very near future on a podcast where we're going to have um, the wives of the three coaches that you are listening to right now on a podcast with a very special host, Ben Holly, who's going to interview them in a way to talk about what do the families go through when they have a spouse that's doing Ironman training and, and triathlon? So that's going to come up in the near future as well. I, I'm actually really excited for that. I, I really am. And it's because when you know Ben, you love Ben. Mm-hmm. And Ben's goofy as can be. 
but Ben is very thoughtful. Ben is very, like Kate said, she's like, he's been thinking about this for like a week straight about what he wants to do. He doesn't want it yep. just to be about, because he's going to do an Ironman in Maryland and he'll finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's trending in a very good way. And he didn't want it to be about him. He said, if I earn the right to come back because I became an Ironman, then I'll share my story. But I'd rather it be this. And I said, will there be some drinking involved? He goes, oh, you know, it'll, it'll be delicious. Said. <laughs> delicious. Yeah. He wants some of those pineapple uh, beers, right? Palakaliki. He's trying to get sponsored by them. Oh, sure. either, either that or Blue Moon. He'll do a great job and it'll be a great podcast. And so uh, subscribers to this cast and others, please look forward to that in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. So this is going to be a big weekend though for, for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have... Um, I, we mentioned it before, uh, Ohio and Lake Placid coming up this weekend that um, are going off simultaneously, um, both in the Eastern time zone. So everybody will be in the water all at the same time. Um, Lake Placid, very classic venue, the longest running Ironman venue on the continent, continental United States. Um, the, the second venue past Kona that Ironman started when they uh, invented this race. So a classic venue, Mere Lake, beautiful to swim in. Um, the, the terrain, challenging on the bike, challenging on the run, but beautiful um, in, in its own right in the Adirondack Mountains. Um, Ohio, uh, flatter, faster course, um, but uh, heat, a little bit warm out. I'm going to probably be a wetsuit optional swim in Ohio as it was last year. Uh, so those of you that, um, are comfortable without your suit, you can go up and, uh, get in your corral. Those that, uh, need a little bit of support and want that, wave. want that, uh, um, want that buoyancy, you know, hang back, but you can still finish the race and still, you know, do a great job. It will not impact you. They will have most of the athletes in the water within 40 minutes. Your personal time will not start until you cross that timing mat and you still have an hour and 20 minutes from the last swimmer to finish you know, the swim before they would, um, pull you out. So it's a, it's a really great venue there, uh, in the protected Bay of Sandusky. Um, then, a, then a great flat country road bike, and then come back in and see all the sites that downtown Sandusky has to offer when you zigzag back and forth through the streets. Um, but again, it's a, it's a great venue. It's a multiple loop race on the run. So the tent will be up and you'll be able to, uh, to see us out there. So it's really good. 17 ish athletes in Ohio, um, multiple athletes in Lake Placid as well. Um, representing victory and their themselves and their families, um, next weekend. Yeah. I know Spence is ready, man. He, he keeps saying like, Oh, the bike, his, his tire just blew out. Mm -hmm. And then last week it was like, Ange has been taking the kids through summer, you know, to do things in Florida cause they're in mm -hmm. Louisiana. And he's like, I just want to go, but I have to, I know I have to do this hundred mile ride and right. he's ready. He's, he's trained long enough. It's time to, you know, let the, let the dust settle and let's fight. And oh, yeah. it's going to be kind of cool to get up there. I, uh, I said to say, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it up on Thursday. Cause I'm driving up with leak. And <laughs> she's like, you're driving <laughs> in the same bar. I go, I think we're going in the van, the party van. We're going to have, right. I, I said, I don't know that there's any surf up there. I think it's m like calm waters. He's like, you never know. We might find a ripper that I can get on. And, uh, it's going to be wild. He can borrow the kayak and swap out the, uh, the, the surfboard for a kayak on top of the van. So right. when you when you have me when you have me and we, you have him, how many lawsuits of sponsorships do you think oh my we're going to get? We're going to have to we have to notify the lawyers, right? Send lawyers guns and money up to uh, Lake Placid to bail these guys out. Right? Something from Saranac, you know, something's going to go down. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure there is. No, it'll be fine. Um, our man Leek here on the wall on the fathead. I keep thinking uh, he's throwing that flag yeah, at he's me. He's doing. It just looks uh, like he's. He's doing his work. Uh, he'll be up there spectating on race day, but uh, using Lake Placid's terrain as a as a precursor to his uh, his niece race that's coming up at the World Championship. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean that that terrain and and that setting. I mean that's a great opportunity to get a little quality training in. Get, yeah. get some elevation. Yeah, right? you're gonna Absolutely. you're gonna hit some elevation in Nice. Um, can definitely get some elevation out of the hills of Lake Placid and. Uh, heck, send him up Whiteface Mountain. Like, just send him all the way up to the visitors. He's going to go up like Maddie Mo. Didn't he ride it reverse or something? Or uh, I heard, and Matt can chime in and and put a like or comment on the YouTube down below if you'd like to. 
um, that he rode up to the White Face Mountain Visitor Center in the big ring the whole way. So that's, that's the legend of uh, Coach Matty Moe um, at Lake Placid doing his thing, right? Grinding, grinding, grinding. I even heard he rode, ran up it backwards. <laughs> so it, the the legend is, continues. He can comment on that too. It keeps growing, and I'm sure it's been additive as people keep you know expanding the story of what he did. So it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and one last thing I wanted to share, I, I think today was uh, I got a text from Jace Jay Bish, and mm-hmm. and and Bish does some um, pastoring at his church. He'll lead his parish, and he sent me. like a 20 minute clip. It was about an hour and a half of the sermon music and everything. But he said, listen from 23 to 34. Oh yeah. And he talked about leak and, and he said, he goes, and Jay's a quiet guy, you know, clarion guy, you know, he doesn't see a lot of the, you know, big city stuff, you know, and he comes down to Moraine and he's, probably intimidated just like a lot of new athletes that come to a new team you're trying to figure your way out trying to figure out who the leaders are how do i fit in what my role is going to be granted we're all racing by ourselves, but everybody kind of takes on some sort of role vows the caretaker tans is the comedian you know this one's that boyd's the lovable guy like you could kind of and um he said, he goes, I saw this real big guy come out of nowhere and sip. Both of them are, you know, very muscular, carved out of wood. I see this guy with big, long hair. He's loud. He's this or that. He's like tattooed up, tattooed up. He's like, I, I don't know that I liked him. I, I, I was intimidated. I, I didn't like him. And then he kind of chimed in and said, then I realized, boy, was I wrong. What a man of God. And he was leading people and helping mm-hmm. people. And, and that's really kind of cool to hear, you know, that perspective of, you know, the team environment and what happens there. And it was that swim up at Moraine mm-hmm. when he finally got to meet him in person and put two and two together, you know, and I know Jay's helped Brian. I mean, I think he's called him before races, praying with him, oh, yeah. you know, leading him in worship. And those two are having a very glorious relationship in regards to, you know, the guy that leads us up top, you know, and it's, it's really, really cool. Oh, it was a great uh, little clip. I, I watched the, you know, watched as well. And the way he tells a story is so, you know, smooth and it just came out really, really nice. And, um, definitely a story of don't judge a book by its cover, you know, figure out what the real meaning behind things are. And, um, you know, tells a little bit about leaks past being in the military and being, you know, um, growing up in a certain way and then coming to, uh, the way he is today, which is still a fun, loving, uh, excitable, uh, gregarious personality out there, but he's, uh, he's, he's worked, I'll say every day, but he's worked recently every day to be a better person. And that just came, came through in that sermon as well. So yeah. it was great. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we have, uh, you know, some other stories I think about some of the athletes that, um, you know, have recently raced. I, I think that, um, you know, we talked about the Ohio and the Placid team pretty well. We talked about Happy Valley, uh, but we also had Muscle Man and and the the swim story that you told Kenny was uh, from the Muscle Man race. Um, but uh, we also had another athlete, Katie, that did her first Ironman seventy point three at Muscle Man, and I just wanted to mention her, you know, a little bit because. Um, you know, Katie came to us and, and wanted training and, and we provided that of course. And, but, um, you know, the evolution of Katie's progress through this journey that she's been on to, uh, to finish a a half Ironman was that, you know, she lacked some confidence in the, in the running and, and definitely in the biking arena. Um, but she did fantastic. She killed the swim, which she was a swimmer to begin with. So that was natural for her to to do. Um, but, uh, but she got on that bike and, um, you know, nothing from nothing. It's, it's a very, you know, solid bike, but a very basic bike. Like, and she kept up with people that were on thousand dollar graph carbon fiber bikes, um, and, and did so well, um, and, and managed her race extremely well for the conditions and came off of that. And I think it just goes back to that mindset of, um, goals, everybody's goals are different and everybody's goals, um, need to be personal 
and they need to be stair-stepped so that they are able to just move from one to the next to the next. And she did that so well. I just wanted to call her out. Uh, she recently got married, so congratulations, Katie, um, on all of the wins that you have in life and in this race uh, scenario as well. And uh, congratulations to the uh, to all the people that have raced in the last so many weeks and all that will be racing. A um, couple of other things. We mentioned it before. We had four people at Happy Valley qualify for the 70.3 Worlds, Coach Scott being one of them. And yeah. we're excited to go to Latte, Finland to uh, have uh, have a cool race there. So Coach, um, what do you think I'm about so that? excited. And I, I sincerely, I am so grateful. I'm grateful even for the two of you guys because I know for me – uh, Happy Valley was a lot of doing things that are against my character and against my just kind of my routines or practices. So Ohio, I signed up for months ago mm-hmm. and have been training for it. And coming into Happy Valley, I was just reading about the race and I, I was reading about like qualifications for worlds and stuff like that. And I was thinking more for just athletes that were registered and were right. going all of our athletes. Sure. Yeah. And, um, I don't know why, but for whatever reason I thought, Oh man, that, you know, this, I wonder where the 2024 championships are. And I started to look where that was. And I started to relate it back to happy Valley. And then it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute, this is the last race that will qualify for Finland. Right. And so I, I, you know, and this was maybe 10 days before the race. And so I, I called the two of you guys and said, Hey, look, I, I might give this a shot. Like, do you guys care? And, and you both were like, so supportive. Oh no, let's and, go. And w- the thing that made it so cool was I, I knew if I did it and Sarge, you even made this point, like, I don't put any expectations on you from a coaching perspective, like go to the place you need to go to to, to have a good day. Mm-hmm. And, and man, that like just made me feel so relaxed and kind of reinforced it. But I, I still was a little bit on the fence. Oh, you were, you yeah. were like, I don't know if yeah. I do it. I want to hammer. If I hammer and I don't make it, how's that going to affect me? And I'm like, look, just go, yeah, just go. And the, you know, karma will take over. Things will fall into the place they're supposed to fall into. As long as you stay smooth and relaxed and you're, you know, uh, living in the universe of all of the elements that are spinning around us, then, you know, you can have a goal and you can push towards something. Um, But sometimes you find that when you're pushing so hard for something that you think you need to do, whether that's trying to make worlds, trying to get a time trying to uh, do something in a business or at work or at home even with your kids. And I'm learning this from my teenager son who's teaching me lessons every day about how not to be so driven because he has an opinion too. But, um, and I just said, just go. And if you, if you have a great day, it's going to fall into place. And if something happens, you have a flat tire or break a chain, then it's just not meant to be. And whatever's meant to be, it'll be meant to be. So I appreciate that comment too. Oh man. And you know, so normally I get like my bike tuned up and I do all of these routines and I put everything in order, nice and neat and all this stuff. And I I started to kind of get some stuff together. was still on the fence. Um, And it was actually Zach and I were talking Mm -hmm. on that Saturday. So you have until I think midnight of the Saturday before the race or something like that. Seven days. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. 168 hours ahead of the race to sign up. And so it literally was like at eight or nine o'clock at night and Zach sent me a note and he was like, I'm in. And I was like, and I was actually spinning at the moment. And I was like, I think I was like 60 miles deep into a spin. And I was like, all right, let's let's drop the hammer for this last hour, and then if I feel okay afterwards, then yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it too. And yeah, I just threw my hat in the ring and went. But it was like I, you know, I I just randomly threw stuff into my I have a tribe box, and I just started chucking stuff <laughs> in there. Um, Chuck things in the in the Jeep, drove yeah, the bike up. We yeah. had to do a couple of maintenance items on your bike to get it back together. Yeah, the night that's before right. you turned it in, but. It all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the comment I had to a few people was, I don't have to have the day. I just need a day. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, 
kind of coming back full circle to what we were talking about earlier, I had um, was close back in December, and that didn't sit really well with me. Like I was, I was again grateful that I had a great race in December, and that I was standing there waiting at the roll down ceremony. Like those are things I never envisioned. But then when I got that close and it didn't happen, I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm coming back. I'm coming and, back. Double and, down. And and so then when that opportunity popped up, I just went for it. And, and even though, I, I mean, in my day was not fantastic at all. I was really starting to unravel towards the run. Mm-hmm. Like I just kept thinking in my head, those last few miles, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, just, just whatever you can do, do. And Kenny was a huge help because there was a moment where, and I knew, I knew this was going to happen. When I came out of the swim, I was way back, way, way back in my age group. And the pattern for me is I always chew up a lot on the bike. And when I came off the bike and was in the run, Kenny made a comment like, you picked up like 60 spots yep. on the bike. And then, then for me immediately that I needed that, like, I needed to know that you were still in the hunt, right? Still in the hunt. That's right. right. And and because Just I don't st- unravel and stop. And I was hurting and my head was starting to wander. And I was like, Oh, do I pull back off of this a little bit and save some for Ohio? And the minute Kenny said that, I was like, Nope, Push I'm just in. going. And if, and if I fall flat on my face at the end, then it happens. Um, but yeah, 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 I was so You looked grateful. pained coming in on that 13 mile. Oof. You looked pained, oh, but you yeah. were making it. And yeah. you got to run the shoot in the 50-yard line of Beaver Stadium. Not not huge for a pit guy, but still pretty cool. It was right? it was Not very running cool. the carpet. They actually painted the field with the logos. Cool. That's pretty neat, huh? I'll tell you. And then, so there were a group of us at the roll down ceremony because Annie crushed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Killed it. Like, I think seventh in her age seventh group. Seventh in her age group, absolutely. I mean, she that, just missed also in Memphis the year before. There you go. Yeah. And and so then, you know, I, I think that was our intent when we showed up there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, the way they do the roll down is backwards with age. So I've, unfortunately, I'm the oldest. So I was like one of the first <laughs> names called. And then from there, it was you like set the tone, man. You, you oh, unlocked yeah. the, yeah. Uh, the the well, uh, the floodgates like, and all. Well, and literally, the we just floodgates. started like teeing them up. It was great. Oh, yeah. Literally, the floodgates. Hell broke loose with thunder and lightning, and oh yeah, it was pouring down rain, thunder, lightning. People didn't have credit cards. We're trying to sign people up. It, it was it was awesome. But I've been saying it forever. Our savages are there. Yeah. We had three of them qualify, and they are monsters. That's right, Kate right. and and Candace and Annie and yourself. So that's going to be a fun crew and. You know, it's funny now because this is how it happened with Ben. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you're starting to see Bailey with his big beard yeah. swimming in the pool. You know, oh, that's yeah. Annie's husband. And uh, he's a monster on the softball field. So maybe you'll see him on on the Ironman. You never know. I also think one other thing was funny is um, Penn State Ironman screwed up everybody's like club teams and affiliates. <laughs> yeah. And somehow Scott was on like Team Fillimore or something Fillmore, like that. Yeah. But what Fillmore was, racing. But what was funny is I get a text... I don't know who it was from. Maybe it was Annie. Maybe it was somebody. But it was a conversation on Facebook that was like, um, did anybody see their team affiliations? And this one guy goes, no, but the victory team was all over the place. They were absolutely everywhere. They were cheering for everyone. Such a great group. And then when I went home and looked at all my details, I realized that was on team victory. (laughs) (laughs) It was the greatest thing in the world. It was awesome. It was awesome. So whoever you are, if you're listening, let me know. That was great. Yeah, so just a a really great race, a really uh, outstanding outcome to have four of our athletes, uh, one able to uh, arrange their life to uh, to fly to Finland, fly their bike to Finland, and and get into a, a world championship scenario in the in the seventy point three world championships, including you, Coach Scott. Congratulations, congratulations to them. Um, we've already had a couple of meetings. We've got the logistics packed away, and we're starting to book all of our uh, transportation. Luckily, Coach Sarge gets to go and do on-site logistics support, right? International logistics support. So add that to my resume as well. So um, all good stuff. And we will um, we will have a fantastic day regardless of the outcomes because it's going to be such a fun time. Yeah, right I, out there. I agree. I am so happy to be able to be a part of it. And I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And then you turn right around the next month and then coach Scott gets to on-site coaching logistics for the team going to, uh, uh, nice France and doing the one forty point six world championship. So another great 
call out there. So we have a busy second half to or round two of the triathlon and Ironman season coming up. We have uh, this weekend kicks that off. Then we move right into uh, a local Mighty Moraine Man race here in August um, back here in, in the home base. And then September, Maryland, France, right? Um, so we've got a lot going on. And then, October, and then running into Rocktober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocktober is uh, shaping up to be quite uh, like the, uh, the coup de gras of Ironman races where we have uh, North Carolina and uh, Muncie, Indiana coming up with multiple athletes in each of those races as well. So yeah, we maybe have 15 maybe yeah. in, in those two. So listeners out there, if you've uh, run your early a race and um, your legs are feeling good and you, you, you got something left to prove uh, a goal that didn't quite get, you know, checked off, then think about your second half. Think about the second half of 2023. Um, that will tee you up for building on your experience and your your Ironman resume, your triathlon resume for 2024, which is you're really already stacking to be a great year as well. Yeah, um, Men go to Kona, women go to Nice next year, um, and the 70.3 World Championship. New Zealand, 2024 right? is in New Zealand, so... Um, get that jar of change out from your uh, closet and uh, start cashing in your coins and get your flight to uh, New Zealand. That would be an awesome trip as well. You know, the mention of Muncie in North Carolina, just from a training perspective, as a reminder to athletes out there, if you um, set your races up sort of far enough apart like that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you do a race in you know July, in July. or June, and then you do another one in October, late September, early November, somewhere in that phase, you, you, from a, a physical standpoint, mm-hmm. you can train yourself so that you peak in both spots. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The periodization works out really well. That's right. Right. You get that recovery time and then you ramp back up and it, so what ends up year over year when you're on a pace to be able to sustain that for, you know, you're then able to increase your athleticism over time. And that, you know, and I think we had a recent call with coach Mo, coach Maddie Mo that talked about, you know, this stuff takes years, right. To really, That's be, right. he was talking more about the elites and what he's doing with the, uh, with the Olympic qualifiers and that type of thing. But it really applies to everyone that when you, when you want to really see what you are capable of, it's not going to be in your first, second race. It's going to be after a couple of seasons, a couple of years that you're going to really start to hone in on what your true capabilities could be and then how to train properly to get to those. And I think that stacking, you know, stacking these things the way you just described, Coach, um, works really, really well. It works good for the physiology and the recovery time and then even just building on itself. So. Sarge, that like um, speaking of North Carolina, it's interesting because one of the athletes there is Oates, and Nick. Yeah. Nick just got a bike fit yesterday here with Sarge, and um, he he never came to us. He came to us to just said, "Help me do this marathon. I, I want right. somebody to coach me." So Coach Lauren got him there, mm-hmm. four hours flat in his first go. Pretty athletic guy. Oh yeah. And I let him go for like a week, quiet, because I, I work with Nick. I know Nick. Nick's Nick's a great dude. And he finally texted me and we had a lot of um, like emotional calls leading up to it. Like, man, something's going to click in you. You're going to dig deep. You're going to find a different Nick Zotis. And I was listening to some song today that was um, sleepers, wake up sleeper. And a lot of our people have now woken mm-hmm. and they were asleep for a while and now they're awake and they're awake and they're rambunctious. They're living life. They're getting all that was supposed to be given to them. Right. And Nick's a great example because he said to me, you always said just you doing something is going to inspire somebody. So please share it. And he said to me, all right, I've had five or six people ask me, what are you going to do next? (laughs) What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? His parents, wife, um, friends, Mm -hmm. he goes, I didn't realize so many people were watching me. So what's next coach? And I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do an ultra? He goes, I want to get into triathlon. He's already got a bike and he has North Carolina. He's like, when can I do the 140.6? When can I do it? 
and he's a good swimmer. He's athletic, but that that's the thing that I think, you know, sometimes we get so caught up on not dreaming big. You're in this, you're getting called out of the water. So go walk it, mm-hmm. walk it. Don't be afraid. Cause the guy's walking with you. He's not gonna let you sink. You may have a hard race or bad swim, or you may have to DNF. We've all done it. Yep. Get out of the dang boat, man. You're never going to know. That, I think the most beautiful quote was, there's something so beautiful on the other side of fear. Once oh, yeah. you cross fear, it's, there's something outside of there that the people in Maryland are going to see it. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be wild. I can't go to any event. I can't go to, to uh, Nice or I can't go to Finland because those guys have plans for me. That Saturday night after Iron Man, Ben does, oh, yeah. Tanza <laughs> does. There's all kind of plans they got. So I need like two week lead time to, to, yeah, to get it going. And it'll all be good. And we, um, I, I agree with you and I agree with what Nick's going through. It, it, is, a, it is a transformation and it is re- a realization that it, it's not just you on that course. There's other people with you in spirit, in um, wanting it for you, um, in in supporting you with whatever that is, you know, the family. I mean, that was the conversation I had with my wife back in the day. I'm like, you know, Kenny and I are going to probably sign up for Ironman. She's like, I already knew that. I'm like, okay, you good? Because it's going to be like eight, nine hour workouts some days. She's like, yeah, we'll We'll take care of it. You're a better person when you do stuff like this. So she realized it at that time. So I think it was more of keep working him, running him. Yeah, on so, those he falls runs, so he early. falls asleep at seven no, o'clock. It, it just it <laughs> took a lot of energy that was being misdirected in the time. So and it's, we all have had that. Yeah, it happens. So it's all good. All stuff. of us. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what do you, what else you got going on in your, in your life you or what's see, going on? Nothing. I, I am literally, I, I, I have, when I have that smile on my face, something's coming. I'm thinking about something. No, man, everything is good. I mean, busy as heck with work, busy as heck with victory. And, and I'm just honored, you know, to get the text of a guy like yesterday, man, like he's running 10 miles without a shirt on. And that's Tommy Dibbis and mm-hmm. Tomusa, Tomasa, whatever you want to call him. Tomasis. But 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 I love the guy. He's lost so much weight. He's winning in life, man. He's building a deck on his house. He's just had his uh, daughter baptized. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, a God fearing man. He's he's just winning, and he's out there running without a shirt on. When I used to tell him, I'm like, dude, why are you running a thirteen one in like a four X shirt? You're like a one X now, right? because he was just not comfortable. Now he's running in his neighborhood in the rain with his pit vipers on talking to me and he's living his life, man. And I'm just, I'm just proud and grateful. I'm humbled, you know, that I get to see this stuff, you know, and people keep asking, when are you racing? When are you racing coach? Mm -hmm. And I I can't race right now because I want to sit back and watch them all grow up. I will, I'll have a shot this year to do something. It'll probably be a long swim somewhere, but I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about everything around me but everything is great man i I couldn't be happier you know with with just victory athletes what they're doing you know living vicariously through them in the moment and it's just an honor yeah i i agree it's uh you know it's it's interesting one of the questions i will occasionally get are what are your who, who or what are your favorite athletes and my answer is always the same and it's the person that goes all in yeah you know it's the it's the person that cares it's the person that tries um and and sticks with it over some duration mm-hmm. and embraces the process and waits to that does so in a way where they want to see the outcome they want to see what's on the other side of fear yeah yeah and they race and train humbly like they're they're humbled by everything that's going on and they keep coming back for more. They, they stick to the plan as much as life will allow an athlete to stick to the plan. Cause we know that's not perfect and that's not right. going to be green all the time. Um, and you, you're listening to yourself, your body, you're listening to your family, you're listening to the coaches, you're listening to the fans and the people that are cheering for you that you have no idea who they are, but they're still cheering for you. And you're taking that energy and you're turning it back into whatever is next and coming up with whatever's next. And I'm kind of in the same boat as Kenny. All the athletes are asking Sarge, when's he racing? What are you racing? I'm like, I'll be doing some things. I don't know when it will be. I said, I've been focusing on a little bit more on the fam and my son who's 17, who will someday not be at home here shortly. And then Sarge will have more time to 
do Sarge stuff. But, um, you know, I'm enjoying the journey that we're on with each and every one of our athletes. I'm enjoying the building of victory and, and providing the value to the, to the, um, the community that we started and having all of these great things like race camp and great logistics at the races and the support that we can provide and the Mike and Ike's and the Twizzlers, whatever that is so that people can come, their families can come, they can watch their athletes be successful. Um, they feel supported cause they know where to go. They're not as like, I don't know where to go. Where should I stand? How do I see them? We're giving them that information. Even Nick's uh, bike fit yesterday was just, was like a brain dump of, Oh, this is all the stuff we can teach you. And he's like, Oh my God, I didn't even know about how do I fix my tire? And what do I do if this happens? And I'm like, yeah, we've been through that. We'll, t- we'll teach you how to do that. It'll all be good. So it was just great. So his comment back was the fit was awesome, but the knowledge that I gained from just talking to Sarge was incredible, right? That was his text back to me last night. So, um, it's all good stuff. So, we're here. We're in it. We're up to our eyeballs in it. We're going to keep after it. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep having podcasts every month to kind of share our thoughts and who we are and tell more of our stories and, and try to highlight our athletes like we did today. Um, it's awesome. We're so grateful. We even sent an email out to the team and to every friend of Victory. We, we knew their email address uh, this week that said, look, we're just so grateful that you're allowing us to be on the journey with you. You know, yes, we're part of the mechanism or the catalyst that gets you moving onto this journey, but we're so glad that you're sharing it with us and that you're bringing your personalities to the table and that, you know, we, and we have all different types, beginners to guys that are going to these uh, bigger venues in the world and everybody in between. And uh, we're just so grateful to be around with you. Yeah. yeah and, and definitely you hit on a great point right there. Anybody that would like to come and hang out with us in Ohio, please do so. Yeah, find the tent, come Love and say it. hi. Just just come and high five us, and you know, hang out, grab a water or something if we've got it, and uh, you know, cheer for every single athlete on the course, victory or not. Um, they all need it. They're all hurting. You know, uh, they all hurt the same. That you know, you just go faster. Some people just go faster than others, but the pain is all there. But it's it's well worth it, and it and it comes with a big reward. So. We're good to go. Thanks for listening to the Victory Multisport Podcast. Remember to like and share us on Instagram um, and listen and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Talk to everybody soon.